Well, good morning again. My name is Jason Anding. I'm the student pastor here at St. Matthew's. There's still, I find myself introducing myself uh, a lot still. Um, there's still a lot of you that I haven't met, um, but uh, I'll get to know you um, at, at some point, I, I hope. Um, as I was uh, asked to, to give the message this morning, I, I, I told Andy that uh, this is not going to be an orthodox message. And, uh, and he said, well, my sermons aren't orthodox either. And I said, well, that's a fair point. <laughs> Very fair point. So, yeah, so this morning, it's not going to be a three-point sermon. Uh, I'm going to break every hermeneutic and homiletic uh, public speaking rule that there ever was this morning. All right? So y'all hang on for the ride as we get going here. Um, will you pray with me and for me now? Father, this morning, may we hear your voice as we study the Bible. And as we study the Bible, may we understand what we believe. And in, and in believing, may we obey. And in obedience, may we be scattered from this place called St. Matthew's in the days that lie ahead to make a big deal out of Christ. We ask this humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. So seniors, over the last uh, several years of your life, you have come to St. Matthew's. You've walked through the doors of this sanctuary. You've walked up the stairs to the youth room. You've gone on mission trips. You've gone on retreats. You've gone to Sunday school. And our mission for you in that has been to mold and to shape you into students and disciples that changed the world for Jesus. And this morning, I want to share with you um, my top 10 words of wisdom for the high school graduate. And Brian's going to put these on the screen as we, as we go along here this morning. I had several of our former uh, youth share at our brunch. And I told them afterwards, I said, y'all must have looked at my notes for this service. Because nearly everything they said, I'm about to repeat. So our projector's falling asleep, but that is totally fine. Um, number one, uh, it comes from Proverbs 27, 17. That says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So it matters who we surround ourselves with. It matters the friends that we Put in our lives and in our closest knit circles because your closest friends uh, should be people that passionately love Jesus these are going to be the people that hold you accountable they're going to be the ones that are there for you in the good times and the bad they're going to be there to encourage you in your faith because the reality is is that our friends and the people that we surround ourselves with can pull us up or they can pull us down they can pull us closer to the throne of Jesus, or they can push us farther and farther away. So we want to ask ourselves this question when we, when we find friends and meet new friends. Are they, is this person, is that person pulling me closer to Jesus or pulling me farther away from Jesus? Number two it comes from Philippians uh, 4, 8. Uh, Brian, if you had clear... Uh, just hit clear all over there and then put it back up. There you go. looks better. Philippians 4, 8. 
says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So when it comes to your media choices, when we're trying to decide what to watch on Netflix, what to watch on TV, what songs to listen to, I want you to ask yourself, would you listen to that or watch that with Jesus by your side? Would you invite him on a date to go to the movies to watch that? Would you invite him to your house, to your dorm room, to your apartment and say, Jesus, hey, come watch this with me. This is good stuff. Or would you not? What's the answer to that question? I want you to ask yourself that before you, before you watch something and listen to something. Right? Does this TV show have the, the holy values of our Lord and Savior, or does it not? Does what I'm looking at on my cell phone give me life, or does it tear me down? See, the enemy uses all of these things, our, our phones, the messaging that we get on television, the news, Netflix, movies, wherever it may be, music. The enemy uses these these things to deceive us, to trick us into thinking that some ideas and things are okay. So we want to say, hey, do these things have the values and the holiness of my Lord and my Savior Jesus? Number three, get up and go to church on Sunday morning. Right? You're not graduating from church. Amen? You're, you're, you're graduating from high school. You're not graduating from church. Okay? <laughs> Um, I, I meant to look up the stat, but there is a, a very high number of high school graduates that were super active in church before they graduated high school. They graduate high school and they don't return back to the church. If at all, they usually don't come back until around their 30s. I don't want you guys to be part of that statistic. So get up and go to church. Find a church um, in, in the city that you find yourself in, in college. And that comes from 2 Peter 3.18 that says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? So you could stay, stay in your dorm and watch our live stream or on Facebook Live, but that's only in emergencies. You need to get your tail out of bed and go to church, all right? Because what we put into worship, we get out of worship. Just as in all things in life, even uh, academics and athletics, what we put into those things, we get out of it. We get out what we put in. And, and our faith is the same way. If, if, we never, if we never crack the Bible, if we never go to church, if we never go get plugged in with a small group, our faith is going to be pretty shallow. Number four. It says, be regularly involved in a college ministry of your choice. This is going to be uh, sort of like your youth group away from your youth group, guys. Um, and our college students earlier already mentioned this, so, and I love it. So you're just getting a repeat. So um, college ministries are going to offer um, small group Bible study opportunities. They're going to offer mission trips. They're going to offer leadership teams and worship teams, music to be a part of. And ultimately just a, a godly Christian community to surround yourself with. Because y'all, college experience is hard. 
you're going to be tempted in so many different ways, pulling you left and right and this way and that way. And being plugged in with a core group of people that love the Lord is going to be extremely important for your life. Our, uh, our, the bishop of our conference said one time, he says, we won't grow unless we're forced to grow. And, uh, and, and I really believe that. And I think about uh, our going to school, as in, say, elementary school, even now, um, we had somebody in our life, probably a parent, pushing us to go to school. If it was up to us, we'd, we'd stay at home and ride our bikes or play video games, right? But we had, a, we had a mom or a dad or a grandparent that said, hey, you need that education. That's valuable for your life. And our faith is the same way. We surround ourselves with people that are pushing us to go deeper, to grow and become a, man, a godly man and woman. Number five, this comes from 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So, honor God with your bodies. Our bodies are our, a sacred dwelling place of the Holy Spirit think of our bodies as, I know it's hard to grasp that concept that our bodies don't belong to us because it feels like they do, but in fact they were bought at a huge price of our Lord dying on the cross for us. And we're called to give our lives every breath, give every ounce of ourselves to our Lord. So think of our bodies as being a, a, a temple and a sanctuary where truly the Holy Spirit lives. The scripture tells us that. The Holy Spirit wants to dwell within us. So everything that the enemy promises is ultimately a mirage. What Satan promises never comes true. Satan's going to promise you pleasure, popularity, but in the end it's all a lie. So we just finished up a, a series in youth called God's Design. So we looked at God's design for marriage, God's design for humanity, singleness, sexuality. Sex out of marriage and alcohol use, drug abuse, these, all, all these things apply to our bodies being a temple. And one of the greatest gifts that you can give your spouse is your virginity. We heard that a couple weeks ago from Dan and Kathy. One of the greatest gifts you'll ever give your spouse, the greatest gift, is to give them your virginity. Number six, never forget your roots. Your roots are the biblical morals and values that your family instilled in you. So don't try to be who somebody else wants to try to make you to be. And if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. A pastor once said, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. So be rooted in biblical morals and values that your parents and your grandparents, your aunts and uncles have instilled in you over the last 17, 18 years of your life. Because the ultimate reality is, is that you and I, we live in, in what's called a post-Christian culture, in a culture that uh, doesn't so much uh, like biblical principles. They, they want to attack the sanctity of life. They want to attack human sexuality. But we're called 
as believers in Jesus to take a stand for these things, to live these things out that our families have instilled in us. Number seven comes from Psalm 27, 14. It says, wait for the Lord, be strong, let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So wait for God's best because you deserve the very best. Don't settle for anything less. So when you guys are looking for your future spouse, I want you to look for somebody that's passionate about Jesus. Somebody that's so in love with Jesus that they just can't help themselves. And if they put them first, they put Jesus first in all of life. And I hope this person also that you look for and find, maybe, um, also treats and respects you as if you're the most precious person on this planet. Because if they don't do that, you need to run as far as you can possibly run from them. So I want to encourage you guys to use this time of, of singleness in college to become God's best version of you. Use this time to become the Christian man or woman that you would like your spouse to ultimately marry. Right? So th this world of social media that you and I live in can often put a lot of pressure on our lives, um, especially in this area, right? Everybody puts their best on social media. We rarely put our worst days on social media. So we can compare ourselves to our friends. Our friends are posting, oh, they got, a, they got this nice-looking girlfriend or boyfriend. And, well, I don't have that. We start comparing ourselves. It just adds that a pressure to us and to say, hey, like, that's just a lie. Don't compare yourself to, to the, the things that other people put on social media. Because it'll make you think you're missing out on something when the ultimate reality is the only thing you need is Jesus to be your provider. Number eight comes, uh, says, never back down from taking a stand for the gospel. So be the moral and ethical leaders of your peers and your generation for the sake of Christ. So I want us to think about viewing life through the lens of Jesus. And don't choose comfort over calling. I love this quote here from Priscilla Shire. Priscilla Shire was in the movie War Room um, and then the daughter of Tony Evans, if y'all have ever seen that uh, movie. Um, she said, uh, she was speaking at the Passion Conference one year, a couple years ago, and she said, I will not be politically correct before I choose to be holy. Mm, I love that. I will not be politically correct before I choose to be holy. So guys, I, I work with a college ministry called The Journey. It's the, the college version of The Happening and the college version of Curcios, the adult version. And I, we had a student come through a couple of years back and um, she shared that in one of her classes at Mississippi State, it was a drama class, that she had a professor that wanted the class to do something that she was uncomfortable doing. Um, her, her biblical values um, convicted her and she didn't want to do what the teacher was asking her to do. And so if you find yourself in that same situation or you have friends that are pulling you to do something that you don't want to do, what are you going to say? I think we need to decide the answer to that today. Don't wait till you're in the moment. But you need to decide right now, what am I going to say yes to biblical values or, or no, I'm not going to take, take part in that. So this comes from Colossians 3.17. It says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
Number nine, getting close here, almost done. Live life in 24-7 worship. Worship is a lifestyle. It doesn't just take place here on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights. And be the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere you go. Jesus said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength and love your neighbor. So we want, we want our hearts and minds to be in a continual posture of worship. Just every day we wake up, feet hit the floor, just our, our minds and our hearts just in a continual posture of worship. Because think about this, you might be the, the only Bible that somebody reads. Think about that. It might be the only Bible that somebody reads through the, the way we live our lives, through the things that we say. People are watching us, whether we realize it or not. And lastly, but certainly not least, this honestly should be number one. These are in no particular order, but number 10 says this. Make scripture authority in your life and fall in love with it. Fall in love with the Bible. That gift you got this, uh, this morning, fall in love with that. And be, be good students of Scripture the rest of your, of your life. You never stop being a student of Scripture. Never, ever. Andy, you'll be 90 years old and still learning. If I make it that far, I probably won't make it as far as you do, but if I make it that far, I hope I'm still continually learning and still allowing the Lord to press upon my heart the things that he would have me to know and live by his word. So never stop allowing the Bible to change and transform your life and the lives of others. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. So authority, when we, when we speak of allowing scripture to be authority over us, authority just means to allow it to have power over us, right? We have teachers and coaches and parents and law enforcement. They all have authority over our lives in, in some form or fashion. And scripture is the same. Allow it to have authority over us to, that it, it commands us. We obey what it says. So we have, a lot of times in life, we have to put what God says over what we wish he had said. To put what God says over what we wish God had said. And let our private worship outweigh our public worship to let our, our personal devotion time that our, our if we're riding in the car just listen to some worship music by ourselves let our private worship outweigh our public worship this comes from hebrews four twelve that says for the word of god is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart and so just in, in closing this morning, um, we remind you that um, all of you have had your small group leaders, your Sunday school teachers, Brother Andy, your parents, and myself over the, the past uh, 10, 11 months or so. We've been focused on this mission ever since you, you, you got plugged in here to, of molding and shaping you into a disciple that first changes your own life and then changes lives around you for the kingdom, for Jesus. And so I, my prayer for you guys is that as you enter this new, this new chapter, is that you guys will bloom where you are planted, 
wherever, whatever campus job you find yourselves in, bloom where you were planted for the Lord. Let your life be an offering for Jesus. So I want to challenge you guys one last time to be the Christian leaders of your peers and go from this place today and in the months ahead to change the world for Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, we, uh, again, we come to you, we give you thanks for the lives of these precious students. Father, we pray over them as your protection. Lord, keep them from the enemy's deception. Lord, we are grateful for the truth of your gospel. May it be so uh, instilled in us that when challenge and temptation comes, we fall and rest on your holy and precious word. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.